Love this podcast? Support it and sponsor today. Simply head to OzCastNetwork.com for details. How powerful is the Cox Network? So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere, it's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. Kaya, welcome to the Curb Podcast. My name is Andrew Pierce, and this podcast is recorded in the lands of the Wajak people of Perth region and pay respects to their elders, both past, present, and emerging. On this particular episode, I catch up with filmmaker Phoebe Wolf about her short film, The Overthrow, which is screening at Flickerfest this year. Flickerfest is currently running right now, and if you listen to a previous episode, which I had an interview with the festival director, Bronwyn, then you'll have learned all about the festival. If not, go back and have a listen to that. It is really great discussion that I had with Bronwyn. And I have a great discussion here with Phoebe as well about her short film, The Overthrow, which is about two young girls who decide to take it upon themselves to skate from Sydney to Canberra, where they are going to enact a climate change skate-a-thon, effectively, and address politicians in Canberra. Along that journey, though, the two have a few altercations with one another uh, that really threatens their friendship in interesting and fascinating ways. I really enjoyed this short film, as I do most of the short films at Screen at Flickrfest. It is one of the best short film festivals in the world. There is a reason why it's been going for so long. It's been decades since it's been it began, and a lot of really great filmmakers have come out of this particular festival, including filmmakers like Kate Shortland, who Phoebe mentions in this particular interview. If you are interested, make sure to head over to the uh, the Flickrfest website for more information about screenings around Australia. Of course, there are screenings taking place right now in Bondi Beach, but then the film festival tours around Australia and they have uh, limited screenings around Australia with some great short films. I'll make sure to put a whole bunch of the links in the show notes for information about where you can watch Flickrfest around Australia in 2023. Head over to thecurb.com.au to get those info details as well and to listen to previous episodes of this podcast and read interviews as well. And we're currently uh, coming to you from Sundance, albeit remotely. We're watching some of the films remotely from Sundance and there are some really great films that are currently getting reviews up on the website as well for Polite Society, which Nadine has written a review for and a lesser film, which I wrote a review for, which is Kim's video. Head over to thecurb.com.au for details there. Anyway, enough of me blathering on. Here is Phoebe to talk about her short film, The Overthrow. The pedigree of filmmakers that have come through Flickrfest and then the ones that attend it as well. It's just like, yeah, you'd never know. Who yeah, you're gonna see. absolutely. Like Kate Shortland, like there's so many, I mean, as, cause I was an act, I have been an actor when I was a kid. And um, so I've been watching films that I've been a part of at the festival and it's, it's 
so crazy to now like I've always been like when I was in the audience going I wish like I could do that one day when I'm older and so it's really surreal to be on the other side a little bit what yeah what can you talk about that 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 feeling a bit more like having seen yourself on screen and then now obviously writing directing working with your sister on this short film that's quite the journey Mm. it's really exciting what's it like to be in this moment now yeah it it's truly surreal i guess um it's as it it, i guess it's always been like an objective of mine in my mind even as a teenager and um working on these sets um i guess with their own workshop in a way and um that i guess that's how i knew about the festival as well as being involved with um working with other directors and i feel like i'm mimicking them to a certain extent um uh, mirroring what I saw them do but um, it also feels like a, such a I don't know I didn't think that this would happen that so quickly this is a first short and thought I thought I was really reaching for the stars um, sending it off to Flickrfest um, but I've been so honored that um, the festival director liked it yeah are there any directors in the past who have attended that you are particularly looking up to? You mentioned Kate Shortland, of course, her, her work is really brilliant, but there, is there anybody else? Yeah, um, I'm a huge fan of Taylor Ferguson, actually. She won Best Director last year, um, also at Sydney Film Festival as well. Um, uh, and she was a, uh, well, is still an actor um, and a new, um, an upcoming director. And I think maybe just watching her come into the the role of the writer director um so seamlessly from b- being an actor um and the way that her work was received was really i don't know it makes it seeing a young woman also um doing the things i want to do makes it feel a lot more achievable and like it's not this ridiculous reaching for the stars idea that i could make a short film let's talk about the short because i I didn't know what to expect. Like you, you see so many uh, climate change shorts and stories and films out there. And like, I, I try to kind of stay away from the narrative before watching a film, let it just wash over me. And I was really taken by it. I thought it was quite powerful. And these characters, they, they're popping on skates and then, you know, they're heading from Sydney to Canberra. And, and there's a lot more to it than that. But I found that idea just so fascinating was it pulled from real life in a way or was it something that you had had really thought about a lot yeah i think well i the idea came to me when i was i was trekking in nepal um which is really random um so far away from australia but um i was really young when i was doing that and i think and going through having a lot of existential questions and um uh climate anxiety is something i was experiencing at the time um and when the idea popped into my head, I felt like um, it felt so like crazy enough that people like that I would I thought that other people would find that interesting and engaging. But it also felt to- so totally possible as well, perhaps because I was exer- like doing like in like in the middle of a physical, uh, physically demanding journey myself um and then i started to think about uh, like jessica watson and her when she was 16 her expedition around the world um and thought that it could be a really interesting way to play into um the young female stereo like play against the young female stereotype mm. um uh in this larger conversation yeah there i mean 
there there is a fractious nature to the narrative here, which I really appreciated because we do so often see these kinds of stories where it's wrapped in this positivity, which, you know, is there, but it's really comforting to have, uh, I guess, the, 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 not toxicity because it's not really toxic, but the, the, almost the militant aggressiveness of, you know, being so down the line strict about how we're going to deal with climate change and, uh, not really having that address on screen very often is it, it was beautiful to see that here because it's it is something that happens. I know I'm like that sometimes, or it's like, you know, no, we can't, we can't. There's a water fountain just over there, and it's like, you know, yeah, it's really complicated. What was it like exploring <laughs> that and you know getting into those deep themes there? Yeah, I. It was really interesting because when I first was unpacking the idea, those elements um, were not at play at all. And it was, um, and I find it so like in retrospect, so funny that I wanted to make this film with my own values really at the, at the core of it. Um, but then when I returned to the idea a few years later um, and had this more like post COVID post watching being uh, so involved, or, like not even um, actively, but um, by having social media being watching these um, uh, global protests unravel online in this incredibly like binary way um, and started to do a lot of research. I was studying global studies at the time um, and started to do a lot of research into theories behind um, uh uh, echo chambers and the way that algorithms are, and especially like as American politics at the time as as well was becoming so bipolar. Um, it was really, I thought that it could be really interesting to um, unpack these ideas through two characters and um, characters that I guess like were myself. Um, it felt like myself and then my future self in a way and um, wondered uh how I could like unpack this idea from both perspectives, from both sides of this polar conversation um, in a way that allowed for overlaps and mistakes and um, uh, paradoxes that I think that the conversation really needs. Mm. And of course you're working with your sister here. What was that like? You've, I understand that you've made things like pretty much all your entire life. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Can you talk about that a bit more? Yeah, sure. Um, uh, we're pretty close in age, actually. She's about 14 months younger than me. And um, I guess being the oldest, we have a lot of cousins and we have uh, two other younger sisters as well. So having this on-demand cast and crew all the time was really, it, I guess it it gave me like a sense of status as director always as a kid and um, being able to boss them all around was um, really fun. But I guess it was also like a form of escapism for all of us. Um, uh, uh, and so it's, it's really funny that when my sister and I were creating this film, it felt so natural and didn't feel that different from the films that we'd been creating or the dynamic that was at play when we were children. Um, but of course, like as we're, being working actors and studying our craft um, or being so passionate about our craft, obviously it's, it's um, progressed, but um, I, I, I had never felt that I was really fascinated by that feeling that I had when we were on set together 
that I felt like that child still at play. Yeah, yeah. What was it like for her to be able to, as you're saying, these two characters are, are, you know, pulled from you in some capacity. What was it like for her to be able to play a part of you in that way? Was that a discussion that you had at all, (laughs) I guess? Yeah, I actually, I don't think I ever, um, like, directly uh, addressed the character as being myself. I think um, when I was working with her and with um, Mia Madden, the other actor, the other lead actor, um, we really crafted the characters around um, around themselves and their dynamic, actually, as their real fr- their best friends in real life. Um, and so I thought that that was a really interesting way for them to craft it around themselves, um, but also draw from the people that they were at uni with, um, draw from like uh, large political young um, popular activists like Greta Thunberg and um, people like that. So I don't think she ever felt a pressure to like reflect um, me, but uh, I was really surprised at how intelligently both of them like unpacked. I, I definitely was infusing these characters with a lot of theoretical research and very really abstract ideas. Um, so it was really fascinating to see how they played with that and found so much truth and humanity and um, never brought any judgment to the characters, like particularly Annabelle's character is really unlikable um, at first, um, but she was never afraid to play into that unlikability or that aggression that's really um, like not encouraged um, in a lot of young females, um, female mm. characters particularly. Let's talk about Mia Madden as well. How did you go about casting her for the the other co-lead role? Yeah, um, when the idea like first came to me again, um, I always had Annabelle in mind for uh, one of the skaters, and then um, Mia for some reason uh, she'd come into my life like pretty recently uh, when I was nineteen and coming up with the idea, um, and for some reason I just she's a really like introverted, um, uh, a big thinker, I think. And I, I've, I've watched a lot of her work and obviously um, interacted with her as a friend. Um, and I thought that she would be perfect to portray that, the scepticism, the character that um, believes these ideas but starts to um, unpack, like starts to question how performative is this? What's my mo- What are my motives here? And those are such huge ideas to be portraying without any dialogue. And she's also really engaged in climate activism herself. So I thought that she would be the perfect person to um, embody that. Yeah, she does it so well. And, you know, it is something that obviously we all grapple with and we all think about a lot. And I really appreciated the the truck driver character as well, who has a great line, which is, how can I be the enemy when the world is this big? Which is such a great line, because it's like, yeah, we, we often look at truck drivers and you go, oh, look at the job that you've chosen to do, but not actually realizing or thinking about the life that they might have led to up to that point. Can you talk about creating mm. that character and, and casting the right person for that that role as well? Mm. Yeah, Phil Carter was so incredible to work with. And um, my producer, Lily Bader, and I would spoke a lot about um, like casting local non-actors. Um, and I thought that that was so important, particularly for these characters that um, don't come from my experience. So, um, And I didn't want to cast someone from Sydney 
that then was going to play a, a truck driver and take on this role. Um, so I thought it was really interesting to build the character with him as well. And um, it was really funny. We uh, were originally going to cast his daughter as um, the Stevie role, but um, uh, that didn't work out. But I got got along really well with her dad. Um, and he thought that the line, he'd read the script and thought that the line fucking sexist was so hilarious. And I knew like from that moment that he was never going to read this script and go, oh, this is, um, she, they're judging me or, um, these girls, I, I don't believe what they're, uh, what they're trying to do here or like see it as a black and white conversation. He was really, he was such a lovely guy and so open to, the conversation being complicated and um, not uh, your typical climate change um, clear um, clear message. So, yeah, it was really beautiful being able to work with him and the way that watching lines that I'd written resonate with him also was really special, um, a special experience because I wanted to make sure that he wasn't just saying something, like becoming some stereotype of a truck driver that I had in my head. It was a real living person that is also grappling with and with like the complications of finding your moral compass in this world. And um, so it was, yeah, it was really, really special to work with him. Yeah. I mean, those interactions are really, they're great because it, it fleshes out the world in such a brilliant way and it makes it all the more relatable because again, these are, well, at least for me, like <laughs> these are things where I've sat there and I've felt those exact things where you're like, why are you doing this? Why, why is that? And I, that's what I yeah. love about the film is it forces you to just step back and look at what we're doing. And yes, you know, there is an importance in uh, recycling in in collecting, you know, bottles and doing all the right things and all that kind of stuff. But we are people, we're fallible, you know, we are, we have issues. And that's what I love seeing on the screen because um, we don't get to often see that. It's always so down the line of being like, you must be like this all the time. Um, mm. I'm curious for you as somebody who's writing and directing that, that feeling of, um, you know, this is, this might be a too big a question in some capacity, but that feeling of, of not always being perfect, not always being right or anything like that. It's hard to kind of approach making your first film and, and going, all right, how am I going to be able to tackle a day where there's going to be an issue? How do you prepare yourself for that kind of stuff? How do you prepare yourself for, you know, knowing that I'm not going to be perfect every single day? <laughs> yeah, I, actually, it was something that I thought would be a lot um, harder, actually. Mm. Um, I think, and I, I can, so much of that is attributed to the kindness and support that of the really tiny crew that we had. Um, I think it really helped having my sister there, as our, one of our lead actors and then me as a friend as well. And um, our cinematographer, Darwin Schultzer, he was so, like, never doubted my vision ever as well. Um, and then uh, a, a producer, Lily Bader, and co-producer Ben Wastepero, um were also so, so supportive. And there was actually, we had a, on our first shooting day, we had um, a cast member pull out at um, 3 a.m. We were about to start shooting at 5 a.m. Um, and I remember Lily, uh, the producer looking at me. Um, I'd just woken up and she looks at me and goes, and you could tell she really didn't want to say it. She went, um, so-and-so's pulled out. And then, um, uh, but for some reason, 
it's really interesting. You never know what your fight or flight response is going to be in a situation like that. But um, I just felt so calm and everyone else was so calm. And I and just had this like complete faith that it was going to work out. We were going to get somebody, even if I had to hail them off the side of the road. Like we were in this incredible, incredibly beautiful country um, shooting with people that were so passionate and underst- completely understood this story that I had never felt like completely um, like binded to this script. Mm. It felt like whatever, as long as we were all in the same world, we were going to play and find something that still unpacked these ideas of performativity and moral purism that um, we wanted to show on screen. So it felt like whatever error we we came across, um, we were going to find a way to to make it work, um, even if it wasn't the original idea that I might have had in my head up on the top of um, the Himalayas. Like yeah. <laughs> it was, it was really, really um, a lot. It ran a lot smoother, despite like so many issues we faced. It 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 all was for a reason. I feel. What was your favorite day on set? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we really. Um, we only shot for two days. We did a two-day shoot um, in uh, uh, Carathool and Griffith. Um, uh, that so all of the um, uh, exterior shots were all in two days, and then we did one day in Canberra. So it was really, um, really quick. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Um, like I'd say, shooting shooting on country was probably like the most uh special to me and uh because it was just so beautiful and i think you always feel like always on films that you feel like you're in a little bubble or, or ulterior reality but it really felt like um it only like accentuated that being um mm. so far away from the city and um so that was amazing but then it was also really fun shooting at in canberra at parliament house yeah. um we didn't get a permit um to shoot there because who's going to give kids making a climate change film a permit to shoot in front of parliament house so this was a really it was a really funny moment um we had where i felt like i was playing into my stereotype as a a young ditzy girl where we were shooting out the front and then suddenly we get surrounded by all of these police cars and i went oh my god the movie's not gonna happen we're not gonna be able to shoot today like we were way too ambitious thinking we could just rock on up to parliament house um but then a police um some of the security guards came up to us and said what are you guys doing because we had obviously all our equipment and we went they were like are you is this a media thing what what's your um what are your intentions here um and my producer lily immediately went oh we're just um shooting a little student film um uh don't worry about us um and then they went what's the message and then annabelle rocks up with her hashtag skate for climate t-shirt <laughs> i mean oh my god annabelle quit like go quick like you can't show them that but then lily the producer immediately goes oh it's just girls on an, on an adventure and the guy goes oh okay like then gets on his um intercom and goes to everyone it's just just some kids doing a, a an adventure movie don't worry about it and then we really were able to shoot that. My favorite shot in the film is that long yeah. shot of Annabelle, um, and we got the shot. <laughs> so that was a that was a. <laughs> Love this podcast. Support it and sponsor today. 
Simply head to oscastnetwork.com for details. Get great fall savings on all your home care and entertaining needs during the fall home care event at Safeway. Head into Safeway and get deals on products like Clorox disinfecting wipes, Swiffer wet mopping cloths, Lysol all-purpose cleaner, Swiffer wet jet mopping pads, Mr. Clean multi-surface cleaner, or Lysol power toilet bowl cleaner. Visit Safeway.com or head into your local store for more details. Offers expire October 31st. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary.